Welcome to a new Carter Report series, The Game Changers. These rare individuals appear once in a lifetime, like a blazing meteor across the night sky. They change the course of history. They show us the way forward. Welcome to The Game Changers. Welcome back, my friends, to The Game Changers. Today we're talking about the mighty prince of ancient Egypt, Moses, the man who gave us the first five books of the Bible and who changed the course of history. I believe we know who the Pharaoh was with whom Moses had the confrontation. I believe, if you go according to the 15th century Exodus, I believe it was Tutmosis III, the stepson of Princess Hatshepsut, who herself became the pharaoh. Tutmosis III was one of the greatest kings in the history of the world. Uh, he was the warrior king, mighty man, man with great courage, man of great power and success. Had tremendous armies, uh, hundreds of chariots, had a tremendous navy. The question is, how could an old has-been who's 80 years of age, <laughs> who spent the last 40 years out in the desert, how can he come and confront Tutmosis III? He goes up to Tutmosis and he says, God has sent me, let my people go. Now, I want you to take the Bible, look at Exodus chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. And the Lord said to Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he will let them go. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. Now listen, folks, I want you to know this. Moses is not standing there just as Moses. Moses is standing there as the servant of Almighty God. And I want you to know this. I don't care who you are. I don't, I'm not worried about how bad your circumstances are. But listen to this. Moses had a living faith in God. He was not just a lot of talk. This was not a casual faith. And I want you to know this. One person, an Almighty God, are a majority. If you've got God on your side, you don't need to be scared of any crooked little attorney or any person who wants to do you in. One person plus God are greater than the greatest army in the world. Can you believe this? One person plus God are mightier than the mightiest Pharaoh. You know some other stories. What about David and Goliath? Just a little boy against a man 10 feet tall, but he had God. What about Luther and the emperor? One Roman Catholic monk standing up against the whole of the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, God plus one person are invincible. What about Moses and Pharaoh? He's not just an old, beaten-up, 80-year-old man, but he's a man that is endowed with the spirit of the living God. But Pharaoh said, 
I do not, do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. And what follows, we're told in sacred history, are 10 devastating plagues. God says, I'll get your attention because I'm in charge of the universe. And there comes the plague of blood, the Nile and the lakes become blood. Then the frogs come up over all the land, millions of frogs. Then the lice come. People are scratching. Then the flies come. And then there's a plague upon the livestock. And then the priests and everybody, they break out in these dreadful boils. Then the hail and the thunder and the lightning. And then the locusts come. And then there's the supernatural darkness. And the tenth plague is the Passover. Now the Bible says that before Jesus returns, it says this in Revelation chapter 16, there will come seven great plagues upon this earth. And the only way you can be saved is through the blood of the Passover. The 10th plague was the Passover. What did it mean? God said, I'm going to pass through the land of Egypt and every person who is not under the blood, every person, the firstborn child, is going to be destroyed. And the people were told, you've got to go and get a lamb. And you've got to kill the lamb, which is an awful thing. And you've got to take the blood of the lamb and you've got to put it on the doorpost, on the lintel. And when the angel of death passes over, the Passover, the Jews still keep it today. The angel of death, as he passes over, he will look down and when he sees the blood, he will pass you over and you will not be hurt. So what was God teaching the people? He was teaching the people, my friend, that the only way, listen to me, the only way we can be saved uh, is through the blood of Christ because Christ is the lamb. We are not saved because of our goodness or our righteousness or because we've got a lot of earthly power or because we've got a lot of money. We are saved because of the blood of Christ. You see, you know what that is called in the New Testament? That is called uh, the gospel of God. This is the story of amazing grace. There was safety for Israel, but tragedy for Pharaoh and his firstborn son, his firstborn son died that night. But there was salvation for those who were under the blood. And there'll be salvation for you, my friend, if you are under the blood of Christ. Um, now listen, listen. Then, one of the greatest events in the history of the human race occurred. It is called by historians the Exodus. If you turn to Exodus chapter 13 and verse 21, it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. A vast 
number of people with their sheep and their goats and everything else, they left the land of Egypt. This is how Israel was born, the nation of Israel. And they were led by Moses, who was led by God. The Bible says they were led by a pillar in the daytime and a pillar of fire at nighttime. And then out came Pharaoh, most likely Tutmosis III and his army, and the children of Israel had got down beside the Red Sea or the Reed Sea, as some translations say. I want you to notice the historical record, Exodus 14 and verse 19. Exodus 14, And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. This is amazing because here you've got the children of Israel and they are totally trapped. In front are the raging waters of the Red Sea and behind are the armies of Pharaoh and they're out for blood. And the pillar of cloud comes down between the two. Now, if you notice as we read on, please. Exodus chapter 14, verse 21 and 22 Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. It is is incredible. It is true. And Moses, the man of God, was told by God, reach out the rod. And he held out his rod, his staff. And Almighty God split the sea in two. And the children of Israel went through on dry land. And the skeptic says, I cannot believe it. But I want you to know this, that the God who made the sea can make the sea go wherever he wants the sea to go. You see, the God who walked on the water is the God who made the water. You see this? Listen. Then into the dry sea bed poured the hordes of Pharaoh. Exodus 14 and verse 27 says, Exodus 14, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. God's people went through on dry land and Moses, the man of God, stretched out his rod or the staff and the sea came back and the enemies of God were destroyed. This indeed is one of the greatest stories in the history of the human race. We believe the Pharaoh was Tutmosis III. I have been to his tomb on many occasions. This is the tomb. He died in March 1450 BC, which is the very date the Bible says the Exodus took place. Now, I want to say this to every person today. Have faith in God. You may feel trapped. 
but God can open your Red Sea. He can deliver you. You see? Maybe you have Pharaoh at your back, some crooked attorney, and the Red Sea in front of you, and you are desperate. But the God we serve is the almighty God who made the universe. And then in Exodus chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, they had a time of praise. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang the song to the, sang this song to the Lord and spoke saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has overthrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song and he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him, my father's God and I will exalt him. Listen to me. You may be in a desperate set of circumstances, but there is nothing desperate with God. The God who lived in the days of Moses is the same great God who lives today. Therefore, I say to you, have faith in God. Then Moses... A little while later, after they get through the Red Sea, after this mighty miracle, Moses is called up to the mountain to meet with God. Can you believe it? Exodus 33 and verse 11 says these words. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Almost too hard to believe. He spoke to God. And yet the Bible says, he, he was the meekest man on earth. It doesn't say the weakest, but he was the meekest man on earth. A man, think of these words, honesty, truthfulness, integrity, courage. God's man. So different to many so-called leaders today. We're talking about Moses today, but most great leaders today, either in the world or in the church, will soon be forgotten, but never Moses. One great writer said these words, the greatest want of the world is the want of men. Men who will not be bought or sold. Men who in their inmost souls are true and honest. Men who do not fear to call sin by its right name. Men whose conscience is as true to duty as the needle to the pole. Men who will stand for the right though the heavens fall. Now, Moses, Moses was not a wimp. Moses was not a coward. And dare I say this to you, Moses was not a sniveling politician who simply lies to get the vote and who lies every day to build up his base. Moses was God's man doing God's work. One of the greatest events after the Exodus in the history of the human race was when God gave to Moses the Ten Commandments. Moses 
went up on the mountain. The Bible says he spoke to God uh, face to face. He was called uh, the friend of God. He spoke to God as a man talks to his friend. And then God delivered to Israel and to the people of the world uh, the Ten Commandments. The basis of every great nation. I'm going to say some strong things. The foundation of every church, synagogue, and mosque. The Ten Commandments. The guiding faith of the pillar of society. The home. The Ten Commandments. When you read the story of Moses, you discover the story of the gospel, that we are saved by the blood of the Lamb. We are not saved by our own works. We are saved because the Lamb died for us. That's why John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, speaking of Jesus. And so Moses gave us the gospel, and he also gave us the Ten Commandments. Notice them. You shall have no other gods but the Lord, but Yahweh, Elohim the creator, the Lord God, Moses, the great monotheist. Monotheism is the basis of everything that is good and decent in the world. Monotheism. It paved the way for all scientific research. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make or worship a carved image. The Bible says, no images in my church where people fall down and worship. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And yet we hear people blaspheming on television all the time and in the streets, the name of God. Their day is coming. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You shall do no work on my Sabbath. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. No lying. I would suggest that you go online and purchase the book, The Day America Told the Truth. It is a book written by some sociologists that is all comprehensive. It has interviewed tens of thousands of people and the authors tell us that 92% of us are liars. It says we lie about everything. And yet the Bible makes it very plain that all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. When I was a boy growing up in Australia, I went to a state school. No church school. I went to a state school and we started the day with prayer and we were taught the Ten Commandments. What has happened to America and Australia and to Britain since we kicked God out of the classroom. I will tell you, today you can teach evolution in the schools, but not intelligent design. You can teach Nietzsche, who paved the way for Hitler, 
but you cannot teach the teachings of Christ. And we wonder why America is a place of insecurity where even when you send your kids to school, you don't know whether they're going to come back. And people say, what on earth is going wrong? It is because we've got rid of God and the Ten Commandments. That's right. You know, I get tired. I turn on CNN and other stations and they have every person on saying what the problem is. The problem is we've got rid of God and we've got rid of Christ and we've got rid of the commandments of God. That's what it is. Karl Barth quoted, when the holy day becomes the day of man, he was talking about the Sabbath. He said, society and humanity wither away and the demons rule. You get rid of God and you get rid of everything decent. Why so much drunkenness? Why the opioid crisis? Why the heroin crisis? You don't have to be too smart. Just honest. We got rid of God. The happiest people in the world are those who keep the commandments of God. When Israel kept God's commandments, they were a blessed people. So was America. But there are forces working today in America to crucify Christ on the cross again. Look at Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 to 3. Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 3. Now it shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. The Bible says you put God first and God will make you the greatest nation in the world. What has happened to America? Moses led the Israelites for 40 years, during which time the people often complained and rebelled. They got thirsty. God said, go, Moses, speak to the rock. Moses is old. He's tired. He's frustrated. The people are giving him a hard time. He goes to the rock and he smites it twice. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And God says, I love you, Moses, but I can't take you into the promised land. You dishonored me. Moses almost argued with God. He said, but God, God, God said, Moses, no more. It's as though God thought if he kept talking, he'd talk him into it. And then Moses climbed Mount Nebo. God said, the time has come. God showed him the promised land. He was 120 years old. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. God showed him the great land, uh, the promised land, and then he showed him uh, the kingdom of God that one day would come when Jesus came. And then Moses got very tired. And he lay down. And the text says he buried him there. That was God. God buried him. 
So Moses didn't get into the land of Canaan. He died within sight. But later on, Scripture says, Jesus came down and Jesus resurrected him. And Jesus took him home to glory. Moses is in heaven. Praise God. He's home. Listen to me. I've had the great privilege of going into the royal mummy room with Dr. Hawass, the Supreme Director of Antiquities for all of Egypt. I've seen uh, the greatest of the pharaohs. I've seen Tutmosis III. I've seen Ramesses the Great. I've even seen the mummy of Hatshepsut. I've seen uh, the greatest people uh, that this whole world has ever seen in ancient times. The mighty pharaohs. The people who built those tremendous buildings. I've looked at them all. I've had a little chat with them all. This is Ramesses the Great. But there's one person I didn't find there. Moses. He could have been there. He could have been there. But Moses made the right choice. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, Moses decided in his soul that he would choose Christ over the treasures of Egypt. He could have been the Pharaoh. He could have had the golden death mask and been a mummy. But Moses today, (laughs) Moses is home in glory. If you follow the example of Moses and choose Christ over this world, one day you will be with Christ and Moses in glory. Amen. Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. John Carter reports, We have seen God's power as the gospel of Christ has been proclaimed in Africa, India, Russia, Ukraine, Cuba, El Salvador, and many other places. We invite you to partner with us in proclaiming Jesus Christ. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Write today to the Carter Report. P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. That's The Carter Report, P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. In Australia, write to The Carter Report, P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. 
That's The Carter Report, P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. Thank you for your generous support. We look forward to hearing from you soon. May God richly bless you. copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.